switch. Now Murray on LeBron James. A hobbled Murray. Trying to stay with him as best he can. LeBron James hits one for LA. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. He'll take a three. LeBron James will wow. hit a three. Wow. Oh, how about it? LeBron James. And in five games, the Los Angeles Lakers will take down the Denver Nuggets, and the Lakers are headed back to the NBA Finals. Adebayo drives down the lane, and the flush. Adebayo, count it, and one off the dribble. Adebayo right there to pick it up. Hero the drive, Hero the banker. Tyler Hero now 10 points here in the fourth, 17 for the game. Adebayo, double team, out Robinson, Robinson for three, bang! Duncan Robinson from downtown, and the lead is 15. The Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday night, much respect between those two coaches. What's up, everybody? It's another edition of Free Association on the Sportsnet Podcast Network. I'm J.D. Bunkus. He's Donovan Bennett, if you're watching on YouTube, and... Let's get it going. We have an NBA Finals. The bubble finals are here. It feel like it flew by, man. Like the idea that we only have a maximum of seven more basketball games until January uh, kind of hit me like a sack of bricks this morning. Have you thought about it? Yeah, I mean, at least we have the NFL. And Thank God. Every college football conference now, all of a sudden. Thank God. Because, um, yeah, we just got a lot of sports and then quickly – we're going to be losing a lot of sports. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure you saw the stat about what uh, Wednesday night could look like in terms of sports viewing. That'll be game one of the NBA Finals, obviously, potentially. Uh, game seven of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, no S. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, that either will be the case or won't be the case. Um, and potentially eight playoff baseball games. So I, I'm, I'm actually very interested... You mentioned there could be up to seven NBA games. I'm very interested to see how they're going to rate relative to the other competition you have in the field. At some point, they're going to go head-to-head with some NFL football. Um, that, that's actually my most, other than the actual X's and O's, that's the thing I'm most intrigued about. It's so weird because I, like this whole thing about ratings now, it's like the ratings just seem like such an important measure. And I only remember doing this uh, over the last couple of years. It's like MVP with football. Like I love Russell Wilson. Shout out to my Seahawks for beating your Cowboys. Uh, I, just, I sent you a little text yesterday. Uh, I like just a, just a classic uh, performance for both teams. The Cowboys losing late and the Seahawks coming through. But like in my lifetime, MVP was never a huge thing in the NFL. It was later in the year, right? As it got closer to the end of the season. Now, Russell Wilson has two good weeks. And, and I know it's three now, but I'm just saying after two weeks, they go, Russell Wilson's the favorite for the MVP. And all the headlines are MVP watch. And who's the MVP? I'm like, when did this happen? It feels the same way with ratings. Like, all of a sudden we did that. And I always go back and forth of like, well, what's the value of trending on Twitter versus being number one in the ratings? What's it versus my echo chamber where I follow more NBA than anybody else? So I feel like everybody's watching the NBA, that there's like real urgency to the NBA. But you're right. Uh, it, it will be fascinating to see how LeBron James, I would say more than anything else, how the interest in this guy who 
is on the back nine of his career. It's coming to a close. And we got this reminder, not like we needed it as much in Toronto, but that LeBron James, the last 10 times he's been to the playoffs, has gone to the finals. And we watched this Michael Jordan documentary during the pandemic, The Last Dance, and did podcasts on it and discussed the greatness of Michael Jordan and how he did it at a time where many believe it was because Cleveland won their title in 2016 and he wanted to kind of remind the world that he was still the greatest. But it's, it, if that is true, if that is reality, it's an acknowledgement by Michael Jordan that truly the guy that he feels challenges his stature as the greatest NBA player of all time is that it's LeBron James. It's, it's LeBron James is that guy at the top of the mountain. And I, I do feel as though, maybe this is overly personal, but I'll ask you the same question that, getting an opportunity to watch LeBron James play in a finals as still to me anyways, the, the best basketball player on the planet is there's something special about this, that we wouldn't have gotten the bubble without LeBron James pushing for it, that we wouldn't have social justice issues at the forefront the way that they are without the power of LeBron James and the reach of LeBron James. And that we we have never seen anybody in our adult lifetimes anyways. Like Michael Jordan was a star when we were children. We've never had brilliance and excellence to the degree of LeBron James. And I do know that there will be, not that I've ever taken a minute off of a finals before, but there will be just kind of this added layer of import when I watch this thing, knowing that it could be the last time we see the greatest player of, of our generation play in a finals. Yeah. So to understand the, not just legacy, but longevity of mm -hmm. LeBron. Let's look at the, the two franchises he potentially was going to face in the finals, obviously that being the Heat and the Celtics. Uh, LeBron went to the Heat to try and beat a Celtics team that was put together like a super team. So he put together his own super team in, in Miami. Mm -hmm. The Celtics were really great with those players. Then LeBron came along and they were then not so great and, and failed to get back to a finals after that. And the Celtics sold all those parts for draft picks, have rebuilt, have gone back to the point where they could have been in the finals. Oh, and LeBron is still relevant. The mm -hmm. Miami Heat were a championship contender with LeBron. And they decided to go all in after they won with him and they tried to keep it together. They drafted Shabazz Napier just because LeBron tweeted about him and that he liked him. They, they Still brought an all time in, move. <laughs> well, they brought in, they traded um, up. They, they traded up. They brought in guys like, like Danny Granger. Cause they thought, Oh, this is like the type of player LeBron mm -hmm. would want to play with. And LeBron made Pat Riley fly across the country to Vegas while he was watching the world cup. Uh, and Pat Riley could have done his rings on the table speech. And LeBron was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I hope you have the jet gassed up. Cause I'm not coming back. So you can fly back. To, to Vegas and the heat were in the wilderness for a while. And then they have rebuilt and LeBron is still great. And so the fact that not only in, you, you, you've seen the stats about the fact that he's been to more finals than most of the franchises in the league, in their history. Um, we'll talk about how good he is in closeout games four times. He's led both teams in a closeout game in, in points, rebounds, and assists. The rest of the league in its history has done it twice. So, so, so the fact that he is so great for so long um, that literally franchises 
have been terrible because of his existence and now have built back up and are trying to now go through him. Let you know that like, we, we talk about like, there's like the PGA and, and then there's Tiger. There's like the NBA and then there's LeBron. He literally on his own has carried the league and, and dictated what happens in the league for the better part of a decade. I think that is, um, I think that for sure is, is his legacy and his greatness. Yeah, I think the only guy that you can compare him to longevity-wise is Kareem. That it's the only guy that just dominated the league for as many years as LeBron James is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, where every year, year in, year out, this was the guy, this was arguably the best player in the NBA. The thing is, is that there have been years where, or there were years where you debated uh, where Kareem was on his team and where he was in the league. And yes, he's before our time, but... That hasn't really been the case with LeBron James. Whenever we've done it, it's almost felt foolish. Like, well, will LeBron, will Miami Heat be LeBron or D Wade's team? Like, yeah, it was LeBron's team. Uh, even this one right now with Anthony Davis, I, I, you know, Davis hit that shot and I made a joke on Twitter about how now we have to do an entire 48 hour period of, is this Anthony Davis's team? And I think one of the brilliant maneuvers of LeBron James is that unlike others, and we mentioned this on the last podcast, that he is someone who always makes everyone else around him better. Every situation that he goes to, the guys around him get better, and he gets the most out of that team. That's why he's made 10 straight finals. And even when I was looking at this, you know, I asked my, my buddy Ben Ennis this today, like, if the Lakers had to lose one guy in the series, it would be AD. Because simply put, LeBron James creates for others more than Anthony Davis does. Like LeBron James has one situation independent from Davis. Davis has not done that without him. And that while there are two ships passing in the night in terms of where their careers are going right now and Davis's ability to score in isolation is probably better than James's at this point in his career. Like this is still the LeBron James Lakers. This is still the LeBron James bubble. And you're right. He is, he is the defining player of the NBA and he has been for, yeah, the like over a decade now, which is, just incredible. So I can't wait to see what he does. This is a good jumping off point, though, because you mentioned the heat to, to bring up something that I wanted to do on today's podcast, which is what, one second. Sorry, before, go you ahead. Get to the, before you get to the heat is just to put the I guess not the Lakers to bed, but 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 just to put that side of the conversation to bed. You mentioned Kareem. Mm -hmm. And so there's naturally a comparison when you look at Laker tandems, uh, you know, Kareem and Magic, this this 80 Shaq uh, LeBron. And comparison number one sure Shaq and Kobe but 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 I'm um, stylistically right yeah. on, on how they play and, and work off together uh, Kareem and Magic is, is somewhat analogous to LeBron in AD in, in, mm -hmm. in Kareem the, the older player um, you know having a young Magic giving him energy but but ultimately when, when we look at you know the the interesting finals moment for Magic where Kareem gets hurt and Magic has to play center and, and take the opening jump, the, the, the roles are reversed in the sense that literally if, if AD, as you mentioned, couldn't play, everything that AD does on the floor, LeBron could do. LeBron could mm -hmm. jump center. LeBron could guard Bam Adebayo for extended minutes if he needed to. LeBron could be uh, the, the, the four or the five in a pick and roll scenario and either get a lob at the rim or take two steps back and hit a three. Literally everything that AD could do, LeBron could do if he wanted to. And after their clinching game, they both were doing their, their interviews, and LeBron waited for AD to be done his before they walked off the court. And I was watching, and I saw LeBron dap him up, and I saw them walk off. 
beside each other and I'm looking and I'm like, they're basically like the same size. Like they're yeah, not, man. they're not because like, you know, 80 says that he's like seven, two and LeBron says he's six, nine, but I'm watching two human beings walk off the court and they're like the same size. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's just crazy that like LeBron's like, all right, I'll guard Jamal Murray. Fine. All right, Rondo's floater's not working. I'll be point guard, fine. AD, if he doesn't have it, I'll play center, fine. Like, he literally can do everything on the floor. And, and, and he could be Kareem if he needs to be. He could be Magic if he needs to be. And I think that is, again, part of his legacy and his greatness. Yeah. Part, one of the biggest signs that we do take LeBron James for granted was that he led the league in assists this year, and we were like, yeah, of course he did. <laughs> you know, the guy is naturally a power forward. He's a power forward. Like, really, that's what LeBron James, if we were really doing, what is his position? He's a power forward. He's a wing player. And he just leads the league in assists on a team that is, like, no offense, full of a lot of bums. And we're just like, yep, of course. No big deal. We're not writing C poems about it. We're used to him being an incredible passer, but just – this goes back to that whole thing that drove me so crazy about the Russell Westbrook triple-double season. It was like, yeah, man, if LeBron James wanted to, if the goal of the NBA was get a triple-double and average that for a season, LeBron James would have a triple-double average every single season of his career. And if he would have missed, it would have been like one year by a half assist, one year by a half rebound, you know? Like he's, he's one of the not only most spectacularly gifted athletes we've ever seen, it's just the, the cerebralness of his play is incredible. We always mention with Michael Jordan that, you know, the, the cool thing about him was that you were never going to see the best athlete on the planet be the most driven athlete on the planet. To, to combine those two things is what made Michael Jordan so rare, right? Is that you combine the unbelievable athleticism with this, I'm never going to quit attitude and I won't lose at anything attitude. And with LeBron, it's like, to me, he's the greater athlete in just in terms of like his size and his metrics, you've, you've been around LeBron James. You've, you've been down and watched him up close. You've been down in the locker room. LeBron James walks like a man who is, you know, six one, like he has no, he's, he's fluid. He's just, he's perfectly put together. And then he has this brain where he thinks the game on a completely different level than just about anybody else in the league. He sees the floor in a way that few see it he thinks the game the way that few see it he thinks the game ahead of the game where you know he does put himself in positions to to uh to court an anthony davis and to get him to come to the lakers and and force his way only to one team like he's just brilliant he's he's brilliant we all know it but I, i'm just going to enjoy so much soaking in this finals and i am so appreciative that we get this finals because i know it doesn't happen with lebron without lebron james there's a reason why a guy on the rival team, the most vocal mouthpiece in the league, and Patrick Beverly said, with all due respect, we're doing what LeBron James is doing. <laughs> like that before the bubble started, this guy who is a, you know, a, a known agitator, someone who never seems to go with the grain, goes with the grain on one thing, and that's follow LeBron James and the greatness of LeBron James. And again, this leads me to the heat in terms of why I'm so impressed by them. And why I'm so impressed by Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra is that when LeBron leaves teams, when he leaves, when he's left Cleveland twice, they've been a smoking crater in the ground and they never recovered from that. And okay, do they have the geographical location and the tax breaks? No, but they didn't, 
do anything. They were horrendous. Part of it is LeBron was more of a GM that had lasting impacts. And so he bears part of the blame with Cleveland too, especially the second iteration. But the fact that Miami lost LeBron James, the greatest player of his generation, and inarguably one of the best three basketball players of all time, and that they've been able to turn this around and get back to a finals in 2020, I, I think is a little bit of a understated part of this feat that they drafted so well that they hit on, I think Bam was 13th or 14th and Tyler Hero went 14th overall in the draft, that they nailed those two picks, that they go out and get undrafted players like none and Duncan Robinson. Did you see the Duncan Robinson post where he asked Mark Titus to basically be an intern at the ringer? A few years ago, he, sh he shot him a text message asking for advice on what he should do when he was a senior at Michigan. And now the guy's averaging 30 minutes in the finals, shooting 45% from three. Like, they just have this ability to not only attract players and not only go out and get players like Jimmy Butler, but to find players through the draft and to develop players and to be competitive just year over year. And that they're in a finals right now in an Eastern conference that I think was pretty loaded, like Celtics, Raptors, Bucks, the fact that they walked through, and I mean walked through, two of the best four teams in the Eastern conference finals to get here is, is unbelievably impressive to me. And I think I talked about this before, but they are what the Raptors were supposed to be this year. Like the Raptors are them they're just not as good of a version as them and you can argue if they were in the eastern conference finals maybe they beat miami all this different stuff blah 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 the heat also go out and get undrafted guys and turn them into legitimate significant players the heat also go out and get guys who like kyle lowry with jimmy butler are not reclamation projects but guys who have had troubled histories with their teams in the past and gotten them to fit in in a way where they become true leaders and they find the best versions of themselves. They go out and get Goran Dragic's and turn Goran Dragic into the best version of himself, a leader in, him, in that way. They maximize the output of guys like Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo where, you know, if those guys go to different organizations, I'm not sure if they are the same player. I know that about the guys further down the line. They can bring in veteran players like, Andre Iguodala playing a, a very similar role to what Danny Green gave to them last year. Jay Crowder hopped around the league. Now he's an important player for them. Like they're deep. They play tough. They play defense. They've got veteran leaders that are not superstars, but are obviously all-stars the way that again, Kyle Lowry was. And they've got incredible executive leadership where if you're looking at the best execs in basketball, Masai Ujiri's right there. But so is Pat Riley. And this kind of goes back to the importance of keeping Masai Ujiri around because if you have one of these guys, you can lose players. You can have turnover and you can have belief that the organization will once again find stable footing no matter what happens to you. Yeah, I don't think they're what the Raptors were supposed to be this year. I think they are what the Raptors were last year. And they've followed But the Raptors the had Kawhi last year. They don't have a Kawhi. Well, they have Jimmy Butler. Right. That's their version. Right. Like they were a good, consistent playoff team that was getting more out of their talent than anyone expected in, 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 mm -hmm. in a, a bottom of the East, which is not very good. But they were going to play hard, going to give you a tough playoff series, make the playoffs. They, they were not bottoming out and, and trying to you know, trust the process, if you will. Mm -hmm. Then they added Jimmy Butler, an all star, number one, a closer, a guy who's going to. In not just embrace their culture, but he's going to add to it. Uh, they, they needed Bam to take a step like Pascal did. 
And so Jimmy Butler is, is giving you that high-level talent that Kawhi did. They had a veteran uh, late in the year, like, like uh, Miami did with Andre Iguodala. They add a shooter and a guy who's going to play great defense in Jay Crowder, the same way the Raptors added Danny Green. I, I think in many ways they've followed the same blueprint. Now, is the ceiling as high as it was for the Raptors? No. Was the base that they're adding to uh, as good or as high or had as much foundation as the base the Raptors had before? No. But, but I think in many of the same ways, They've added to the team in, in a similar formula to the way the Raptors did. And now they punched above their weight and they made a deep playoff run. And so the final answer to the question is, can they upset an overwhelming favorite from California, the way the Raptors upset the Warriors? Can the Heat do that? I'm going to say no. But many people hmm. said the Raptors couldn't upset the Warriors last year. The Raptors also got some injury luck that, that was on their side. But, but I, think, I think certainly, you know, to your original point, that it's, a foundational organizational culture and the heat of like they're flexing on it now like everywhere you look it's a like heat culture heat, like okay like we get it like you, your culture means something raptors did that too though so we can't hate too much like raptors flexed on that all all last year with like the whole thing about no lottery picks on the team like they, they did the same thing when they made the finals but they, they're not making banners that say no lottery picks their banners say we the north like it's more about their, their <laughs> fan base and, and the chip on their yeah. shoulder in that sense but I, I do think that there is a, is a value in having an organizational culture. So, so from Pat Riley, well, actually really from Mickey Arison to Pat Riley, to Andy Enfield, to, um, to Spo, who's been there for a long time, graduated from the video room to now being the head coach. And they've had stability at the coaching position. It, and I, I don't want to dump on the Clippers again, but it flies in the face of what the Clippers have tried to do. Just, you know, hire everybody, throw a team together or what the Rockets have tried to do. Uh, well, we want to win so bad that if this doesn't work, then we're going to change and we're going to do this. And then we're going to change and do this. We're gonna, we're, we want Chris Paul and then we want Westbrook. Like there's, there is no clear line of thought of this is the type of player we look for. This is how we're going to develop them. This is the style of basketball that we're going to play. Mm -hmm. So every decision ladders back up to what our philosophy is. And the Raptors certainly have that. And they, they've used their development in the G League to, to augment that. The Heat certainly have done that with their culture and the type of players that they've, they've asked to buy in. And, and in fairness, when we look at what LeBron has done post-Heat, he's taken some of that blueprint and tried to apply it in other places because he has said that he went to Miami to learn how to win. If I was drafting from teams I would want to be the GM of or be almost just, let's just say a fan of for the next five to 10 years, I think I would choose the Heat because you have the organizational structure. You have no contracts that extend past the 2021 uh, season. So when they hit that free agency, the odds that they're not going to be able to attract someone seem like astronomically low. Like they are going to get somebody. Someone else is going to want to come there. I think that they are still the front runners for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then you have young star pieces in Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo that I just think are like those guys can win titles with an, another piece. 
Like Tyler Hero's ceiling, I'm not really sure what it is, but he's a rookie that came in and dropped a 30-plus point performance in a conference finals game with all of those vets on the floor. And you know who that's been done by? That's been done by George Mikan. That's been done by, in a finals, by Magic Johnson, which you referenced. This is something that, you know, uh, Michael Jordan never did in a conference finals game. Granted, he never made it there at that age, but that this is something Larry Bird didn't even accomplish was what he did. Like, this is an unparalleled stuff. You got to go back to the 50s and into the 70s in order to find precedence for the performance that Tyler Hero put up. And this is why, you know, you say that they're these huge underdogs. I don't think that they should be. Like, I, the best two players in the series are clearly Anthony Davis and LeBron James. No doubt about it. But when it gets to be crunch time and it gets to be a close basketball game, I, I don't think that the discrepancy is as great between those two guys as closers and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic and the shot making that the Heat have. The Heat are, this is what I like about them the most. I've said it before, I'll say it again. They're never out of a game because they play tough. They have incredible leadership on the floor and they have so much shooting that even if they fall down, you know, 15 plus points, you can blink your eye and all of a sudden they're back in it because Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Jay Crowder have made a bunch of shots or Goran Dragic has made a big shot. Like that Celtics series, how many games were there in that series where you thought, okay, the Celtics have put this thing to bed. Even in that last game, even in game six, I know it was a smaller, uh, it was a smaller lead, but the Celtics go up six in the fourth quarter and it feels like, oh man, they're about to take over. There's nine minutes left. And then the Heat just put the pedal down and they kick their asses for the rest of the game. Like it, it doesn't even get close. They have all these closers where it's not like if LeBron James has a bad game or Anthony Davis has a bad game that the Lakers can really sustain that or survive that. The Heat don't need Jimmy Butler to have a great game. They don't need Goran Dragic to have a great game or Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo because they can trust that a combination of those dudes is going to come through every game. And we've done this a million times before with the Raptors when we've compared them to, say, the Celtics, right? We said, yeah, you probably take two Celtics off the top or Jason Tatum is the best player in the series, but how many other guys are Raptors? This has never been more clear to me in a series where you have the best two players on the Lakers and then three through eight are all on the Miami Heat. Like, are you taking Rajon Rondo or Kyle Kuzma ahead of any of the, like, next eight guys down the line with the Miami Heat? I don't think so. Like... If you are, it's, it's jockeying for the eighth position between like the Kendrick nuns of the world, but it's certainly not very high up. You need to put some respect on Alex Caruso's name, right? No, the I don't need Harold to put some, no, I do not need to put any, this is the most overrated player I've ever seen in my life. If he wasn't white, we'd never talk about him. It's like actually embarrassing for the league, how much stock that Alex Caruso gets and how much pub he gets. I don't care though. I hope this gets clipped onto a Lakers blog or something, but yeah, Alex Caruso Alex Caruso on the Miami Heat doesn't play. Like, he doesn't play. Flat out. Who does he play over? Nobody. That's right. The answer is nobody. He does not play on the Miami Heat. He's a waves the towel guy on the bench on the Miami Heat. On the Lakers, they have to turn him into a deity uh, because they don't really have anybody else. So, I, I don't know. I think this series is going to be very close. I actually think the Heat are going to win. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. I think that Miami upsets the Lakers. Yeah. You want to put some money on that? Uh, not without I, – I am going to put some money on that, but I'm going to get odds on that uh, from, a, from a booking site. Uh, I, I just – I like Miami. I think they're playing well. They're playing consistent. They just walked through two teams where they were underdogs against technically on paper. They are incredibly deep. They know their identity. I, like I said, they have shot makers that close ball games, 
And I don't think Jimmy Butler looks at himself as a guy who's not in the same stratosphere as LeBron James and, uh, and Anthony Davis. And when I look at defenders, LeBron James is going to have Andre Godala get thrown at him. I'm not saying that he's going to get stopped by these guys, but that it's just a different look than what you saw through the last couple of rounds where who defended LeBron and AD in the, in the Blazers series? Nobody. Those guys had a cakewalk. There was no good defensive player on those teams. Who's the best defensive player on the Blazers? He's not there. It's Trevor Ariza. He's at home. He wasn't in the bubble. Okay, so they didn't have anybody. Okay, cool. Uh, did the Denver Nuggets have anybody that was like, they have Gary Harris, who is an incredible defender, but he's giving up Jer- how many? Pe- Jeremy Grant's a good defender. He's fine. He's an athletically gifted guy, but I wouldn't say that he's like an all defense type of player. Now you're walking into a series where Jimmy Butler is going to defend you, where Jay Crowder is going to defend you, and where you're going to see a lot of heavy minutes with Bam Adebayo defending an AD. Like Jokic is no AD, or sorry, Jokic is no uh, is no Bam Adebayo inside. I, I just think that it's going to be really, really tough for LeBron and AD to score and to hit their sixty compared to the way that it was easy for them to hit their 60 in the last, like, three series? Well, on the flip side, it's going to be very tough for Miami to score because what we haven't talked about maybe I don't think so. We just – I okay, well, uh, we'll see. Uh, it, we, we have this idea of the Lakers. Um, I mean, we don't give them enough credit defensively because they were a mess defensively last year and because Frank Vogel isn't known to be a good defensive coach and because, quite honestly – we were creating memes about LeBron's lackluster effort defensively last year. Mm-hmm. But if you watch, he has been outstanding defensively, not just in the playoffs, all year this year. He, he, he should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. We just we, we don't think of him that way. But mm-hmm. listen, I'm, I, I'll give this a gentleman's sweep, if that. I, I think the Lakers win. Here's sweep. why. Yeah, five games. And here's why. And everything you said is correct about the you mm-hmm. know, player three through eight on the heat and balanced scoring and Jimmy Butler and only has to take 15 shots a game. Sometimes there's four guys who score more points than him and they still win. All very true. Here's the issue. N- not to mention the fact that the, the Lakers won the season series 2-0. Um, mind you, that was like five months ago, but whatever. Yeah, they're a different heat team. They, fair, and I'll give you that. You know what's different? LeBron James in the NBA Finals is different. There's a reason why in his career he's 38-10 and 10 in closeout games. And, and, and this actually bothers me in terms of LeBron has these playoff performances and everyone's like, see, you're voting for Giannis over LeBron as MVP? Who's the best player in the world? Who would you pick first if you were playing the Aliens? Well, mm-hmm. no, those are two different things. Giannis clearly, by every metric, and just by your eyeballs, had the best regular season. But that doesn't mean that LeBron James is still not the best basketball player in the world. Those are different mm-hmm. things. And LeBron is smart to not expend all of his energy in the regular season or early rounds in the playoffs because he knows that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And he saves himself for this time of year, the finals. And now he's four to seven games away from another championship. And even getting to this point, LeBron has played less minutes than he has in any of his recent finals runs. And so now unleashed being able to play as long as he needs to, I think you're looking at a different animal, a different beast. And so you're correct that LeBron hasn't had a Jimmy Butler defend him and, and Bam hasn't had an AD defend him. We also know what hasn't happened. 
Jimmy Butler hasn't had LeBron James defending him. And and Bam hasn't had a Yeah, I don't agree with him. that. I don't agree with that. They beat the Ooh. Milwaukee they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in five and games. And we screamed and we screamed, why isn't Giannis defending Jimmy Butler? Yeah, but still that, that, the guess, Milwaukee guess what's Bucks, not gonna happen in this series? Yeah. The coach is not gonna make such a terrible decision. You wanna know why? Because it's not up to the coach. Because LeBron's gonna be like, I'm guarding him when it matters. Uh listen, uh I don't diminish that LeBron is going to be able to turn it up and play defense, but the difference here is that in the bubble, the Miami Heat have scored on, with efficiency, the best team defensively in the NBA this year in the Milwaukee Bucks. They also ripped apart the fourth best defense in the NBA in the Boston Celtics. Again, like net rating. The Lakers have played the 15th rated team is the highest one that they've done in the Houston Rockets. The 16th rated team in defensive rating this year was the Denver Nuggets, and the Portland Trailblazers were 27th. Like, the, the step up in competition defensively, if, if we look at this like, you know, when, a, when you go scuba diving, you have to go in at a certain amount because you can't take on too much pressure. What do they call that? I'm, I'm an idiot. But you have to be able to go down at a certain pace because you can't take on too much pressure all at one time. That's how I feel about the, the heat, that they have been tested. They have faced better tests to get here. They faced a really good defense in the Bucs, scored on them. They faced a really good defense in the Celtics. In an elimination game six, they dropped 120 on their head. I, the Lakers haven't faced a defense like the Miami Heats. Sure, but just because the Heat graduated from private school and the Lakers graduated from public school doesn't mean the Heat are smarter. Like, the, the, ultimately, are, if, are we acting as if the Lakers were in the East? They wouldn't have yes. walked through the East just as easily, if not more easily, than the Heat did? Or no, I don't, I don't, I don't West, think that. So, so basically, you're saying unequivocally that Miami Heat are a better basketball team than the Los Angeles Lakers. No, 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 not at all. We'll, we'll see what that happens in the finals. And even then, I'm not sure that they're a better team. They were a better team in the bubble. What I'm saying is that the road to get here has been way more difficult than for the Miami Heat than it has been for the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, but that, the but he- part of that is just math. The, the Lakers were a number one seed and the Heat were not. Yeah, but the Clippers got eliminated and they were the toughest challenge for the Lakers and they didn't have to face them. And they get the Portland Trailblazers in round one, which was like an overwhelming mismatch that, you know, people got excited about Portland being able to upset them. And then it turned out like, no, Portland can't play any defense and they don't have anybody to match up with their two best players. So that wasn't going to happen. And then, yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think that the Lakers have beat anybody that was really that good. Like Houston was heavily flawed and... Denver, as good as their best two players played, they were punching a little bit above their weight class. And then Jokic had some tough games and they were able to kind of mitigate him a little. And I'm just saying that the, the path to get there, this is, not, this is not a reflection on whether or not one team is better than the other. I just think that the Heat have been playing in higher pressure games up until this point than the Lakers have. And that if we're talking about, you know, the Heat's inability to score against the Lakers versus the Lakers' inability to score against the Heat, I think that the Lakers still have more to prove against competition like the way Miami's playing than Miami does against the Lakers. They've proved, they've, they've proved it all year. They've been the, a much better basketball team over a large sample yep. size. Like, this is not a- aggregate. The Heat don't get extra credit because they had to work hard to get here. Like, if the Heat had a better regular season record, they would have played the Nets or the Magic or some garbage team. And their resume may not look as good, but we're not trying to see teams in the NCAA tournament and look at their RPI. We're saying these two teams are going to play four Mm -hmm. to seven times. Who's going to win the balance of those games? And I just think 
if we're looking at these rosters and the star power on one relative to the other, I think clearly the, 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 the Lakers have the advantage. The Heat are, should be happy to be here. This is an accomplishment. This is not an accomplishment for the Lakers to be here. So I, I'm not going to punish LeBron James because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George couldn't get there. But I'm not punishing him. I'm not punishing him. I'm just saying that when I'm looking at this series, the team that I think that has been better in the bubble has been the Heat. And the competition that they've beaten is better. And so, yes, you're right. It's not college basketball. I'm not trying to rank these teams. I'm just saying that I think the Heat are ready for this matchup. I don't think that they should be huge underdogs because they were already underdogs in two series. And we saw how that went. We saw that basically them dispatching both of those teams with room to spare. And that, to me the drop-off between the stardom of LeBron James and Anthony Davis to the four guys on the Miami Heat in Dragic, Butler, Bam, and Tyler Hero is not that big of a drop-off. Like, I, I don't know who I would rather have, those four or those two. That it's, it's actually a conversation to me. Like, Bam, at the end of that game six against the Celtics, where he's bringing the ball up the floor and he's just cramming all over Tice. I know it's Daniel Tice, and now he's got to go face uh, AD. But I expect him to do those exact same things against Dwight Howard and against JaVale McGee. I expect Tyler Hero to be unafraid at the end of ball games, and that LeBron James is going to have to make a decision as to who exactly is he going to cover. Is he going to cover, cover Jimmy Butler? Okay, well then Tyler Hero's getting off. Is is Goran Dragic going to be defended by Rajon Rondo? Okay, then who's covering Tyler Hero? The ghost of Danny Green? Like, good luck with that. KCP? Good luck with that. Like. They're going to have to rely on guys who I have not seen come up with big moments in the postseason so far. The Lakers still, to me, have been Rajon Rondo as their third best player and then the other two guys carrying the load entirely. That it's LeBron James and AD getting 60 points. And I think that those 60 points are going to be harder to get against Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder than they are against the teams that they've faced so far. That's it. That's just it. It's, it's not about who I think is better. It's just that it's going to be a bigger adjustment for them to come into this series. You could have asked all those questions and, and, and more, mm -hmm. quite frankly, about the Cleveland Cavaliers teams that LeBron dragged to the finals and either pushed the Golden State Warriors with or came back from 3-1 and beat them. And we saw year after year after year that finals LeBron is literally mm -hmm. a different animal. And I just We're think also that talking about 2016 versus 2020 with some of this stuff, right? Like, like LeBron... It was great. He had that amazing game one in his final year in Cleveland, which was 2018. And that was awesome. But that it is still an older LeBron James. You would admit that LeBron as just, great as he just, is. You just said he led the league in assists. Like yep, it's not as if he's, uh, you know, there's so much tread off the tires that he's falling apart. Like he's not, he's not falling apart. He's not falling apart, but you would admit that LeBron James is a step slower. Like that he's not able to kind of bully his way to the basket in the way that he used to during his younger iterations. That's the one thing with LeBron that you, you see the slippage a little bit is that he's settling for more jump shots than he used to. And they, they, because they are asking so much of him and AD offensively that I have noticed a guy that has gotten a little bit more apprehensive about going to the basket late in games because I don't think that he has as much of the juice. I think he's, he, he might be a step slower, but he's, you know, maybe a couple steps smarter. I think he's being mm -hmm. judicious with uh, the amount he gets to the rim because it takes energy. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it takes a physical toll. I don't um, disagree. But, but again, I, I think in, in the finals and in closeout games, he's going to be less concerned about, uh, you know, saving some of that energy because there's at this point, nothing to save it for. 
Um, we, yeah. But this is why it's fun because we'll find out, right? Yeah. We, we'll, we'll find a clear answer to all of these questions. I, I feel bad for the league office who the Miami LeBron, Pat Riley, LeBron storyline is nice. They clearly would have preferred a Celtics Lakers final. Those are two yeah. global teams. Those are two, you know, international teams. The Heat are international teams when they're led by an international star, Shaq or or LeBron or less so Dwayne Wade when he had lots of you know business interests in China. Um, but it's still gonna be a fascinating finals nonetheless. Yeah, and, and I do think that as much as Lakers versus Celtics works on a different level than anything else in basically professional sports. Like I don't think that there's any other rivalry in North America anyways, where if you get the like finals matchup, right? Because people would say, well, what if you got Canadians Bruins in hockey? Is that a greater rivalry? What if you got Yankees Red Sox? It's like, yeah, those are not cross conference rivals. Like this, this is the best cross conference rivalry on the planet historically to me. Lakers, Celtics, that's it. I'm, I'm sure there's one that's, I don't know, like soccer doesn't really work that way. So I'm not going to even put them in there. And there's certainly not one in the NFL. Like there's not one NFL matchup that you would look at and say like, what, Packers, Steelers? Like, I, I don't know what you would try to point to. Cowboys, Niners is, uh, again, same conference. Um, either way, my point is, yes, that, that sells amazing. But LeBron versus his old team, LeBron versus Riley, LeBron versus the Heat, the team that he left, I, I do think that it, it is a pretty fascinating matchup and it is kind of an easy sell for this matchup. Um, the other part of it, and I just want to do this quickly before we go. I know we got to wrap up. Here's the other parallel I see to the Raptors. That you have another guy who happens to be one of Kyle Lowry's closest friends who I think parallels quite closely to Kyle Lowry in the sense of, Jimmy Butler Hall of Fame candidacy, that if he wins this finals, I think that puts him in. You look at Jimmy Butler's career numbers, right? They are not eye-popping. Like he's averaged throughout his career, 17 points a game, five rebounds, four assists. His best season in the NBA was with the Chicago Bulls where he averaged 23 points, six rebounds, and five and a half assists. And again, with plus defense, but five all-star appearances, uh, I don't know what all NBA teams he's made, but they haven't, it's, it's not like this guy has been ever an MVP candidate. He's never been one of the best five players in the NBA. He's never been one of the, I would say 10 best players in the NBA. He's been always kind of outside the fringes, but if he gets this thing done, if he's able to win, especially after the conversations we were having about Jimmy Butler as a teammate beforehand, when he was with Minnesota, really tough look for Carl Anthony Townsend, Andrew Wiggins, by the way, it just needs to be said. Uh, <laughs> that, well, I mean, it, is it not worse for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? No, because I think that those two guys did not not get along with him. That was the Sixers organization moving in a different direction, handing them the car keys. With the Timberwolves, it was clearly like, hey, we hate this guy. He hates us. He wants out of here. He's going to embarrass us in practice. And throw dirt on our names publicly and have it get into a feud where, you know, Steven Jackson is calling Andrew Wiggins, the tin man, because he's buddies with Jimmy Butler. Like that thing got pretty ugly. It never got ugly with the Sixers. Do you think that if Jimmy Butler wins this thing, that he becomes a bona fide hall of famer or is he still on the outside? No, he would be the best player on a title winning team. He's, I mean, every year there's a best player on a title winning team, literally yeah. like every year by definition. And no, not close. 
Mm. If you're using Kyle Lowry as a comp, and even Kyle Lowry, like it's a. So you think Kyle Lowry's had a better career than Jimmy Butler? Not, not even close. I mean, a basketball basketball career. He's a better collegiate player. He he has a longer and a more decorated international career. Collegiate. Get out of here. Is it not? I know, I know. Come on. Come have, on. Like 18 it wasn't like he was Bill Walton at Villanova. Like he was the third guard on a really good team. It's not like Jimmy Butler was Dwayne Wade at Marquette. No, like, he so, wasn't. So again, better collegiate player. I don't, but I don't uh, know if that's true. You just kind of threw that out there. I'm like, is that true? Like, I don't it know. It is true. Do you, okay. Name I don't the, know. Name, I think name it's me, probably pretty close. Did you, do you remember watching Kyle Lowry at yes. Villanova? Do oh, and I, no, I thought Butler you were going to ask Jimmy Butler. Yes, I do remember watching Jimmy Butler. Dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking. I follow this like obviously pretty closely. I get our like, but when Jimmy Butler fell to the to the Bulls, I couldn't believe that he fell that far in the draft. That I, when I watched him at college, I remember thinking, dude, that guy's a killer. Like, why is he falling so far? What's what's the story here? I, I was genuinely shocked when he fell that far. I think he was picked like 27th or or like he was far down the draft when they got him. It might have even been later than that. He like. Yes, I absolutely remember Jimmy Butler at Marquette. Absolutely. He was a nice player. And even to start his NBA career, he was like a, mm-hmm. you know, end of the roster guy, then a rotation guy, then he worked his way up. But it's not like he made an immediate impact. Which is, That's the same with Kyle. No, Kyle was never an end of the roster guy. Like he yes, he was. Played. Jimmy no. Butler was like a 13th man when he started his career. I'm just saying Ky- Jimmy Butler has always played minutes. He's been four-time all-defensive player, Three-time All NBA. Those are things that Kyle Lowry doesn't have on his resume. And if he does win a title, like he gets in as like the best player on a Finals-winning team. Like, whereas Lowry yes, was, Kyle Lowry is arguably the best, most important player for a franchise. He's changed the the, right. the 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 course of, of basketball in a franchise. He's he's been in place consistently for for a while J- J- jimmy butler has has been in like miami for a year not even a year mm-hmm. so i mean if, if we're relative to his importance of his own franchise like he's well down the list of, of, of players that they would honor so, you can't so me, yeah so to me to you, you can't compare them there yeah right, you right, it, but, I, but that's part of his that's part of his 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 legacy. That's part of the the case that you're making for Lowry. So if we're going to make a similar Jimmy Butler type of Hall of Fame exception, I just I don't I don't think the two things add up. Like, listen, if the guy averages 45 in the finals, then sure, it's a different conversation. But if he continues, you know, being a really good player on this on this finals team, then I I don't think so. I mean, I don't think Rip Hamilton is in Hall of Famer either. But I, I think I think you would need a couple more great years and, and a couple more chips to be in the conversation. I think that if you make the case for Kyle Lowry in the Hall of Fame, you got to make the case for the wing version of Kyle Lowry. The tough guy, the bulldog that plays above his head sometimes, that doesn't have maybe the career numbers, but is right there. Like, I, I just, I, I think those two guys are very similar. I think that it's very clear why they have a kinship is because I think they see a lot of each other in one another and when it comes to basketball it's like the same thing with Lowry it's like that guy does more for you than the stats say and that's how I've always felt about Jimmy Butler like that guy does more for you than the stats say and you combine that with the defense that he's played throughout his career and like up until this year that's added to nothing 
Like, at least Lowry had consistently had teams that made playoff runs. Like, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler has been to the playoffs, like, a handful of times. When the Celtics, at the end of their run, uh, you know, obviously with Philly and then now Miami, I, 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 I don't think he's there. I, I, don't, I don't think he's really close, but, but we'll see. I also yeah. don't think he's going he's gonna to win a championship, so. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, uh, you made your pick. You got Lakers in five. I'm, I'm going to say Heat in six or seven. Um, I, I just, I really buy this Heat team. I believe in this Heat team. I'm actually rooting for the Lakers. Like, I actually hope I'm wrong because I do want to see LeBron James win another championship. I do want to see that, that validation, that crowning moment. Uh, I do want to have another entire off season where we don't have NBA of Jordan or LeBron. Like, that's, <laughs> that's going to be happening, like, right around the corner. We're so close to that, but yeah, give me the heat in six. Give me the Miami heat. Give me the hall of famer, the future hall of famer, Jimmy Butler. Give me, uh, give me the, I, can I ask you one question to quick too before we go? If the Miami heat called and they said, Hey, uh, we'll trade you Tyler hero for Pascal Siakam. Do, would you do it? No. No. Okay. Tyler hero, you know, uh, 20 years old, just saying closing finals I'm games. With, yeah. 30 point performances. Uh, you would pass Pascal did that last year too. Yeah. Against the Golden State Warriors. All right. I'm just I just have to ask the question. Would you you, you would trade him for Bam though, right? Who, Pascal? Mm-hmm. No. I don't, oh, I, I, would, I would think I would think about it, but I don't think <laughs> I would. I don't think I would. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Just let's get out of here with you're, that. You're letting the last two weeks mm-hmm. cloud your mind. Yeah, I am. <laughs> no, I'm letting age and like, yeah, uh, a lot of things. I didn't say I would do the Tyler Hero one, but I would. I. I. I'm not hanging up the phone right away. There's for sure on that. Uh, okay, we'll catch you next week. Lakers in five. Heat, culture, depth. That's what I'm riding with. That's what matters in basketball. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Follow this podcast. Do all of those kind of things. Share it on Twitter. Let us know what you think. As always, in the in the comments section, it always means a lot to us. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Once my heater up in the series. See ya.